Hello and welcome to our podcast, The Grey Area, where we talk about all things concerning our personal cultures and how they relate to our university projects. Um, I'm here with Emma. Hello. And Christine. Hi. And myself, Elliot, who I've already said hello. Um, so our first topic that we kind of want to talk about and discuss is our childhood and home environments and how those have affected us. Uh, Emma's going to start us off by talking about hers. Yeah, well, I think we kind of all have a different experience with our childhood and younger education. I mean, I went straight from uh, primary school to like private school um, from quite a young age that started at year three. And then I think I found out quite early on that wasn't like the place for me. It wasn't surrounded by the people that I kind of related to and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I think quite early on, um, I was just trying to escape that and kind of find more into like the creative world and, you know, exploring that. And that's kind of, yeah, how so, I did that path. First of all, like going from primary school into private school is definitely like a Real Housewives book title, um, <laughs> which I love. It's very like rags to riches, primary school to private school. Yeah. Um, do you want to maybe talk more about how you ended up going into private school from primary? Well, even my primary school was quite, um, I don't know, quite a private primary school, I guess. I've kind of like, yeah, I was, I guess I've kind of been blessed with that because, I mean, a lot of people see it as a hardship, but I kind of see it as a blessing, the fact that I've been adopted and I was adopted into like a quite well-off family. And I mean, through education and that, that's kind of been giving me the best options, but it wasn't really my fit socially. Like, so, I mean, I guess... I had differences from everyone else from the fact that I was adopted socially like everyone was I always felt like I don't know did I deserve that was I really from it like, like an Im imposter syndrome yeah like yeah, yeah imposter syndrome kind of so yeah from a young age I kind of tried to like escape that it was very like academic based as well and I didn't like that pressure that it put on everyone like everyone was you know going to excel to be like the prime minister or a lawyer or something like that and no, it wasn't really for me. So, yeah, I think quite early on I found out that those people weren't my types of people and it kind of put me on a different path, like, with what I want to do in my life and what I can achieve and, you know, help other people and stuff. So, yeah. yeah well, I, I totally, well, not completely relate to that, obviously, but, like, in the way that you said when you were being pushed, it kind of pushed you away from what you wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and then through that you discovered what you wanted to do. Um, because in a similar way, you know, I was, you know, you see all the memes about it on Twitter, about the kid that was the constant overachiever and then grows up to be like, who am I? What am I doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. very much that for me. So I completely get where you're coming from because I was always told, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to do, you know, be a lawyer or write a book. Um, and then I was like, well, actually, I want to be more creative because I've been pushed towards this for so many years yeah um although now i have kind of chosen that i want to write a book as one of my <laughs> dreams but we move but that's creative as well that's an, another creative you know field that you can explore through writing and you know exactly and you know through these things we can even well i find especially you can manipulate these certain subjects or these certain jobs to suit your own yeah needs and your own wants like 
you know, I did fashion journalism for my bachelor's degree because there wasn't an LGBTQIA plus journalism course. And yeah. I just made a, a queer publication within that. Um, you know, we're all doing this course and we're all taking it in our own directions. And it's very much that type of thing. Yeah, 100%. I think it definitely has, well, the course has definitely given us the ability to find our own path and do things on our own. But um, yeah, I think that's always been great about, yeah. I, I mean, when you have your passion, you can find it in whatever situation you are in. You can just make it your own and, you know, make the best of a situation. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. And like, you know, we, we find our passions and we run with them. And that's what I think matters. I think if you can apply your a passion to any subject or any career and find your own little niche within it, that's the dream, essentially. Um, having said that, what is your specific passion in life? What is it that you want to move towards with, you know, your creativity and... Yeah, well, I mean, I guess my passion is, like, within design, like specifically like digital design graphic design kind of areas and i feel like i mean throughout like history design has made a massive impact on like like you know big political movements and stuff and like i believe i strongly believe that like design has the ability to change the world and you can change people's views you can change people's like yeah opinions on things like for the better or worse like you know however you choose to use it um but like yeah i feel like because that's my passion I want to use that to like create awareness for like another passion of mine which is like helping like the like the less fortunate like people like that are in more vulnerable situations than I am like homelessness and stuff like that um like yeah I feel like I'm quite close to like some people of those communities and I feel like because I've been given such a fortunate you know situation I feel like I want to share that and you know create awareness and make more people care about these people you know yeah of course that's you know in, incredibly respectable because i can't guarantee that if i suddenly got plunged into like you know a wealthier family or anything like that i can't guarantee that i would take that and try and be a good person with it and help <laughs> others you know what i mean so the fact that you have chosen to do that means that you are inherently making good choices you know what i mean yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry I call you a good person, but not talking about it. Um, so obviously your own experiences have kind of related to what you want to do in life and your like personal goals, and these can become career goals. So that being said, with your project, do you think that your project relates heavily to your kind of identity and background? Yeah, well, I mean, my project is basically focused around uh, building a design uh, studio. I don't, I don't want to use the word agency kind of thing, but like, you know, a design community that I can, you know, um, obviously fundamentally make, you know, money coming in and out, like obviously like through design work for like local businesses and stuff. So like, again, it's quite community based. I think my outreach would be mainly local. Um, to my area and then on top of that I think the money I make I would want to donate 25% to charity but also at the same time I want to run an ad campaign which directly gives money to charity um, so it doesn't go through me it just goes to the charity and like 
hopefully like promote that alongside it through social media and other things like that um i mean yeah, that's really fabulous that's my goal yeah no i i, I really love that as a goal because you know as i say a lot of people in certain situations wouldn't do those things um you know we, we see people that are better off um completely ignore social issues i mean jeff bezos last week flew himself into space because he can yeah. um but he has enough money to solve world hunger like three times over or something like that um so yeah. it's very much a scenario of you would go into this career with the goal of creating this studio so that you can kind of support the homeless and the less fortunate and these local communities yeah i mean that is the aim like hopefully if it does go well and the project goes well hopefully it can really lead to something like well yeah. that's really admirable um i, I definitely respect that for you, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's okay um so obviously we've kind of like touched on identity and stuff um i mentioned queerness earlier you yourself are queer um mm -hmm. out and you on the podcast sorry <laughs> <laughs> but you know um do you think that kind of with queer i find myself that we find ourselves on the outside quite a lot looking in as a community yeah. unless unless we are close with local queer communities we can find ourselves to be outsiders do mm. you think that you've had those experiences and do you think that those experiences have kind of shaped you into this person that wants to do these things i mean probably not like i think in terms of like to i think to my personally i'm quite a like to myself person like like I've got quite a small circle of friends like um yeah I don't I wouldn't say like I'm part of a particular community or like I wouldn't feel like I'm part of a particular community just because like within the small group of friends that I have I'm the only one that identifies like within the uh, queer community so like it's just kind of me on my own anyway but like I feel like because of that I've been in certain situations which are like I don't know predominantly straight situations like the whole world like, but like well we know like, that's what I mean and like I don't know because I present myself as quite I don't know I wouldn't say like obviously I'm not 100% feminine I'm not like that but like I think people so like, across me like quite I don't know androgynous like yeah. are you a guy are you a girl like kind of thing like and because of that I feel like you know big straight toxic males like I haven't had the best experience with that so like yeah, yeah no I, I wouldn't say with that experience it makes me want to help people <laughs> it just but no I think I mean it just it just opens you up to the type different types of people there are in the world isn't it but yeah definitely it, it yeah. kind of it gives you perspective yeah yeah I yeah. think it definitely does give you perspective on like how different people I don't know react to your existence does that make sense like you know i know <laughs> yeah. um yeah no definitely i think you know we all have and this is kind of what made us want to do this podcast obviously like we all have elements to ourselves that make us you know discriminated against or we get certain reactions from people yeah um and you know we thought why not take that make it into a podcast and run with it these things all stem from our personal cultures and other people's views of our personal cultures, whether that be, you know, identity, 
race, um, economic background, stuff like that. Most people have a thing. I mean, I was going to say everyone has a thing that they're discriminated against for, but straight might straight white men exist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 very much that, and it's important to not let it kind of neutralize the way that we we look at other people. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I think it's just more of a insight, you know, into the wider community and like the different viewpoints other people have like I don't think it's necessarily a negative thing like I don't know but I strongly believe you can't change some people some people are just going to be the way they are like like but it doesn't mean you have to change for that like (laughs) exactly yeah you know you can be who you want and if other people don't like it you know my (laughs) my friend always said have the confidence of a straight man (laughs) in everything you do (laughs) and it's very much that um you know it's it's that thing of like don't let it break you down and take inspiration from the negative experiences that you've had um and let it shape you so even if it doesn't stem from a certain facet of our you know personal cultures we have all experienced things that have made us who we are now yeah yeah definitely yeah we shouldn't change ourselves just because of how others feel us or how we want others to look at us we should be how we feel the best about ourselves yeah like exactly. what makes you comfortable and yeah, and yeah. What makes you happy yeah that's yeah important thing. Be happy. yeah really 100%, like you're the only person that's going to experience you and how you feel so that's what yeah. i mean it, it it's impossible to completely relate to another person isn't it We'll yeah. never truly really know what other people experience. The way that I see the colour green could be the way that you see the colour blue, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that made sense. But, you know, no, we, we, I know what we, you all, mean. Yeah, <laughs> we all see things in different ways. Um, so completely that. And as Christine said, you shouldn't have to, you know, adapt yourself for anyone or change for anyone unless, you know, it's you being a bad person, in which case definitely change. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. But yeah, and kind of talking of that comfort level and like self-love and stuff like that, Christine, what were your kind of experiences as a child and at home um, and in that kind of environment? Um, So I'm Asian, so I'm Chinese. So so in Asia, um, parents are more traditional, I would say. They, um, they like boys more than girls normally. So like they will, maybe they'll give the best um, support or I don't know, um, education or everything first to the male in the family. But um, luckily my family is not like that. I'm quite lucky. Um, I've got like a kind of a fair system if you say (laughs) with my brother so um yeah like it has been all right i mean that's good i'm you know as you say is that kind of like a cultural thing um where men are treated better than women um culture thing like because it in chinese they always want a baby boy because it's a man so that 
he can inherit his father or like the mom's jo uh, company. So, and they always have been this way, but um, not saying that everyone in Asia is like that, um, but a lot of them are. Yeah, so it's still kind of a very patriarchal system. Yeah. I mean, as most of the world is, but particularly so that you've grown up in. Yeah, um, is it like shown through socially. Does like does your social does social experience get impacted by that? Like, I can't think of an example, but like, mm. do you see it a lot? Like, well, I don't think you can. It's more you can see it more if you're in the family. You don't really see it on the street how they treat them. Like, it's oh, not, okay, yeah, it's not like yeah, it's not that extreme yeah more like a family thing okay so it's kind of like push the son to go to university yeah leave the daughter to it yeah yeah which unfortunately is well a result of patriarchal systems um which we all know suck um but you know you've been blessed in the way that your parents have been equally supportive of you and your brother um which is fabulous did they push you more towards creativity when you're a child or did they want you to be more kind of academic um they definitely wanted me to be academic but they have never really forced me to do anything in like typically like you said before how your uh, parents will want you to be a lawyer or a daughter like that uh my mom did want me to become a lawyer or something that i can earn money from mm. but like they never forced me to and i've luckily found out my way my path how i'm interested in like creating stuff being creative yeah and you know you can still earn money from creative enterprises um you worked at mattel for a while didn't you as well uh i i worked in like uh, a hotel interior design company. That was the one. Sorry, I don't know why I said Mattel. Um, I was thinking like um, I don't know. My words got mixed up there. Um, but yeah, with kind of like hotel and interior design, you know, that is a creative thing that you can pour yourself into and still make money from and still benefit from. And I think we we are getting to a point. Um, in general as a society where we are more supportive of the creative arts. I mean, people are, the government, not so much, but like um, people are more supportive of kind of following your own dreams, finding your own creative outlets and supporting each other in that growth, yeah, um, which I think is, a, yeah. Yeah, definitely changing. Like before, if we say we want to we want to study art, they will be like, you are not, earn you're not going to earn any money, but now I'll, our view are changing actually studying us we can still earn money we're not gonna be being robbed yeah exactly well some of us <laughs> <laughs> some of us only get rich if we die <laughs> yeah i mean that's the problem with art isn't it you die yeah. and then people want to buy it yeah silly uh, i mean i'd much rather beforehand yeah. if anyone's <laughs> listening definitely jobs that you can do <laughs> Like yeah, pretty much before you die. Exactly. <laughs> That's not the only way. It's not the only way. There are jobs. There's hope. And you know 
It's just the way the cookie crumbles. Um, so with kind of like talking of money, stuff like that, um, and, you know, your parents wanting you to go into something where it may be more financially stable and more assured, um, would you say that growing up you were quite well off as a family or um, kind of average for money or...? Um, I think... Um... I wouldn't say my family is rich, but we can, um, we are not in difficulty. Like we have enough water and food for everyone. So I think that's, it's already quite lucky compared to a lot of people in the world. <laughs> and yeah, because of uh, my situation, I've never have to worry about um, this kind of stuff. So. I mean, that's really fortunate. And, you know, it's it's still not a bad thing to have that environment where you're comfortable. You know, like a lot of people, uh, I know I've criticized out of jealousy some people that I've seen are very comfortable. I think we all have seen people in better scenarios and been like, I hate them. Um, but, you know, I think there's a way that socially you carry yourself that other, makes other people still comfortable with the fact that, you know, you're comfortable money-wise. Yeah. I feel like that sentence made sense. But who knows? <laughs> um, with it, when it comes to kind of like economical, obviously it's not had a huge impact on the career that you want to go into. Um, you know, you want to go into a more creative industry. Um, and with, you know, yourself being more comfortable, you've not felt the kind of pressure to go into as we say, being a lawyer or a doctor, something that's going to make us rich. Um, would you say that this has kind of affected your aspirations, like what you want to do in the future with projects or um, work? Yeah, like before I might think of um, income, profit first, but now I would def definitely focus on what I enjoy and what makes me happy the most. Because I feel like there's no point of working on something just for money if you're not happy. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's important. You know, we've all done jobs that we hate. Yeah. Um, and we've all hated doing them. They might be paying the bills, but they're not making us happy, as you say. Um, so... I imagine happiness is kind of like the key goal for you. Yeah, with like, like um, really taking care of like your mental health, well-being. I think it's quite important. Yeah. And of course, that links to your project, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, do you want to maybe kind of run us through how that links with your project briefly, without going too much into concept for now, because we're going to save the juicy bits for later. Yeah, so basically, um, my project, I've been, I've always been interested in perfume, smelling good, feeling good. So my project is about perfume and how this perfume can be um, a good tool or everyday item that can um, support your mental health and having like a good well-being, yeah, and being healthy inside out absolutely you know like you say healthy inside out and sometimes feeling better on the outside feeling fresher 
looking fresher it can make you feel this sense of wellness you know with lockdowns and stuff over the past however many years it's been (laughs) um you know we've really learned the importance of self-care a lot of us had a bit more time to take care of ourselves and that's become part of our regular routine um so i think people really are at the moment looking more into kind of the cosmetics health well-being and beauty industries and how they intersect with each other um you know with yourself wanting to create a fragrance to promote better mental health um i think that's really important um a lot of campaigns and stuff like that with just gonna get my words for a second a lot of kind of campaigns relating to the health beauty fragrance industries can be damaging um you know we've all seen the backlash to ad campaigns we've all seen and we've all felt negatively um from campaigns that we felt shamed or you know, less than because of. Um, And I think it is important that we have more people go into the industries wanting to create healthier kind of environments within those. Yeah. Like, not only, like, supporting others to chase others' life, but more about supporting yourself, how you want to feel better about yourself. Absolutely. And that is just so integral to wellness. Okay, so we finished with, we've spoken about Christine and my experiences. So Elliot, how did you find your childhood and home experiences kind of developed your, you know, passion along the line? Um, So I think like as a kid, I grew up kind of very underprivileged, Um, like very rough counsellor stay um my dad left when i was quite young and then my mom uh, is disabled so we grew up without much money uh, and stuff like that and it was quite difficult at times which made me want to make money uh <laughs> as it would um so i kind of went into looking at careers that would make me richer um as we spoke about earlier with like wanting to get into a becker economical Uh, a career that is better economically for you I kind of wanted to do that and then as I got older I just kind of realized like I think alongside the realization of my queerness um that I wanted to be more creative because I'd see like these incredible creative people and be like I want to do that what kind of age do you feel like that came about um so when I was quite young actually I watched Ugly Betty which maybe you want to be a journalist. I think I was like maybe like nine or 10 or something. Cause my sister was watching it and I'd watch it with her. And obviously that's all about like journalism, especially in fashion. So I knew I wanted to go into that. Um, and then when I got to maybe around like 12, I started to realize that I might be queer, pushed it down a bit as a lot of us do. Um, and then when I came out at 15, I was like, I'm going to be my full like loud queer self as creative as I can be and I started to kind of model myself off the queer role models that I had in the media which isn't many because we know how the media presents queerness um but obviously a lot of queer people are shown to be very creative and I was like okay this is what I want to do because I want to be like these strong icons yeah so how do you feel like because obviously at 15 you're still in like school 
like time do you feel like you were like I don't know embraced at that time period within your school or um your experience with that yeah so I was bullied for being gay um up until I came out at which point (laughs) people kind of realized that you can't just call me gay anymore um but yeah it was yeah it was a bit of a lost cause to keep calling me gay to try and annoy me um so yeah I was like bullied quite horrendously actually from year seven up until about year nine when I came out um after I got my first boyfriend and I think after coming out it gave me a confidence boost anyway so the bullying kind of stopped but I obviously started to realize that other people weren't going to see me the way that I deserve to be seen. Um, And I think I've kind of tried to channel that into a career for myself because I want to do something that not only helps other people um, like within my community, but helps people outside my community see us in the way that we deserve to be seen. And I want to extend to other people what I wish I'd had. Yeah. So do you feel like, I don't know, your, like, passions and, you know, your aspirations for the future have kind of come from, like, your school experiences, like, helping, like, others in your experience, uh, in your position at a younger age, maybe coming out or coming to terms with it or maybe being bullied and, you know, yeah, I, like I, that's what's made you want to create this, like... So what are you talking about when you create this thing? Are you talking about, like... So I I want to kind of like, my project is very heavily based around queerness. My bachelor's degree, I, as I said earlier, I, I went into queer journalism. I created a queer publication and that was to kind of be a resource for, you know, young queer people that don't have the access to advice. Um, and that's great to have with a magazine, but that's not for a younger audience. And that's not something that's going to be found by people as accessible as it is not everyone's going to go looking for that. Um, so after doing my bachelor's, I realized due, due to kind of like the response that I got in an academic environment that I needed to try and improve academic environments, which is why, you know, in my project, I want to kind of focus on um, academia, education, and finding a way to make queerness accessible or like knowledge of queerness accessible for everyone um through like key stages one to four obviously onwards from that but our knowledge of our community is so hidden and it's been actively hidden from us um over i mean hundreds of years for hundreds of years people have destroyed knowledge on queerness and that's why i want to do this so that other people know and they don't go through the same kind of identity crisis that i did when i was younger yeah, I think that's great. And I mean, like, obviously with the, like, modern digital era now, like, it doesn't even have the limitations to just, like, our, you know, our, you know, it can go worldwide. It can help other people in other cultures where, like, it's frowned upon even more. And, like, you know, like, yeah, it, it has the ability to, like, yeah, I think help a lot of people. Like, I mean, that's, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I that's think that's fun. great. Yeah, I think, and this is, definitely something that's need to be bring out because 
just like for example in my culture asian we never we were never taught about anything around mm. this topic and i feel like because this is not something that's unusual anymore it's really it's really normal and i feel like this is something that we should all be teach in school or even just accessible easily in any platform that people can get information about this and like accepting how others are yeah absolutely and i think um you make a really valid point acceptance comes from knowledge yeah and i think when we're denied that knowledge because it is you know in in schools they'll teach about um different cultures different religions which is obviously how it should be we should be taught about everyone so that we can learn to respect everyone um but you know i i remember actually in school i was about oh my god maybe about like six or seven and um so my mom had lesbian friends and <laughs> i went to see them with her and then when i turned around and was talking about it with my friend i was like oh yeah i went to see my mom's friends they're lesbians a tutor actually said to me like you need to not say that word that's a dirty word and really it, exactly and lesbian isn't a dirty word it's just a common identifier oh that's awful yeah and you know th this is something that is so normalized in schools and i think because people use these words in negative ways you know gay lesbian whatever um they will use those words in negative ways which means that people completely shy away from talking about it to avoid the negativity or some people shy away from it because they have their own negative feelings towards that yeah i mean i don't think i've experienced quite such a negative stigma around it like i think yeah obviously like with those experiences like it's it's obvious that it needs to definitely be a lot more education needs to be like held around it like yeah, yeah. i i think education and knowledge and like for want of a better word just like candor full truth they are what will help us progress as a society you know studies have shown that when people are taught about other cultures in school it makes them more accepting of other cultures and you know more respectful of them and i think it's just so important that in 2021 i mean in like 2000 years before that we should have been teaching about it but now we're in 2021 and we really yeah. need to be teaching about this stuff because with queerness becoming more i don't i don't like the word accepted mm. but it's the only word people it is, use it is it's the word is the right word i mean like yeah there's still loads of part of the world which don't accept it and like you know you can still like go to jail and prison for it and like Absolutely. i think yeah like i think yeah i mean the right word is accepting it's is like and even in this country still you're still going to get the odd few and people like that that have those viewpoints and have been taught through it like generally generationally so i mean like the only other way to like access it is through like you know the digital media and like education in schools and stuff like that and yeah i think that is the, the right way and the only way if anything to like change the overall viewpoint and make it well you're right accepted <laughs> fully accepted. yeah exactly 
but it's, it, yeah. I just feel like I hate the word because it's like I don't have to accept straight people; they're just there. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's but, why I hate that I word. Mean, but that's like, a story okay, for another time. Like <laughs> yeah, but even with like the education of it, I suppose it just like humor humanifies. What's it called? Personifies. Yeah. Like it, yeah. It makes someone not like just a label. It makes them human. Like, yeah, like and when you talk about it and like I think that's like yeah a lot of people have these viewpoints until they actually meet someone that identifies as like you know what they dislike and are opposed to and then like you know their viewpoints can change because it's become a person it's become human it's got feelings you know like I'm saying it it's not like the right way to no but we know what you mean because you're talking yeah, about like, you know yeah humanizing people yeah yeah but no exactly you know I you know, I worked in a pub when I was studying my bachelor's uh, and I've written about this in my magazine, actually, because for me, it was like, OK, this is what I need to be doing. This is one of the defining moments. We had a customer um, who was, you know, he'd come in every day at six o'clock um, and he was in his like 70s, maybe. And he was extremely like queer phobic mm. uh, and through him having to have conversations with me every day, it was like immersion therapy. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, through like actually learning about the culture, he gained that acceptance. And yeah. through that knowledge, he learned to respect people. And by the end of the time I left, he was the one defending me against homophobes in the pub. So yeah, it's very that. It, it's very much the thing of like, when people are humanized, when people are spoken about, and when people are seen, yeah. they're respected. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah. definitely definitely shows how um, people th people's thought of you changes by how much they are learning and how much they know yeah the more they yeah. know the more that they will accept <laughs> that's not yeah, the yeah. but but no it, it it's the word people it now hopefully yeah. we're not going to have to use this word in a few years things is gonna change yeah i mean it also shows that like even it doesn't matter how old someone is like even if they've lived those lived like that with those viewpoints for that long like they still have have the ability and are capable to change like their mindset and their viewpoints towards other people yeah it, it's the older age isn't it like you can't teach an old an, an old dog new tricks yeah and it's like well, actually, you can. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so no one has any excuse. Yeah. When people say, oh, it's just that generation, it's just that. And this applies yeah. to anything, you know, sexism, racism, Islamophobia, yeah. anti-Semitism. I mean, if anything, they've lived through the, t the through the change. Like, they've just either gone with it or got stuck, stuck behind, you know? Exactly. Like, but when yeah. people say it's a generational thing, I think that's simply not true <laughs> yeah it's not a good enough excuse <laughs> yeah it's not an excuse because yeah. if i've changed i i obviously it was internalized yeah and i used to have a lot of you know homophobia yeah um and with that being internalized and other aspects of my queer phobia it was a different experience but if i used to be queer phobic and now i am literally exactly what yeah. I, who I am <laughs> yeah people can change yeah and i think you know, that's what we want to do with this podcast. We want to teach other people about our own cultures. Yeah. So that they can change and grow. Yeah. I mean, like, even though we're all from quite different backgrounds, like, I think 
it's brought us into like one place you know we're here at the same place like it's obviously like quite interesting to think about that you know yeah and it, it's it's really like a blessing that we are able to meet and discuss and learn about each other in our, our own personal and wider cultures you yeah. know it, it's a really great thing um and hopefully we can share this with the audience of the podcast um, yes but i think you know this might be a good time to end kind of the discussion on personal cultures and stuff like that um and for our next kind of talk we will move on to talking about our topics uh and like our subjects and our final projects for university so i guess this is where we say goodbye yes goodbye. bye thank you for listening thank you <laughs> bye thank you. <laughs> bye